Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. All right, take two. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Adad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo, the no, show's so nice, we're bringing it to you twice. No doubt about it today. Happy New Year. <laughs> there was no there's no chance of you listening to this in 2021 or in 2020. Unless you've got some sort of time machine, in which case I'd like to have a word with you about some things. I want to thank you for tuning in to supertalk.fm or wherever it is. <laughs> You get podcasts from what? I was sitting there thinking. I, I hadn't thought about this. We should go to future Brian to make sure 2021 is better than 2020. We'll see if we can't get him on the horn. Yeah, that, that it, famous correspondent of ours. We'll see, we'll see what he says. I don't, he may not want to go on the record. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors. Strange Brew Coffee House and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. They're coming up later in the show because you know how this is going to go. And then we've got uh, our good friends over at College Corner ringing the new year with maroon and white. Give them a call today. Swing by one of their two locations in Jackson. Uh, they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or shop online at collegecornerstore.com. I was just thinking, you know, as we're sitting here, it's the new year, which means we're not too far from the start of college baseball. Going to need some new M over S gear, and it's just as simple as that. You got to have to make yourself look good. I'm telling you, this is my my, my New Year's resolution, and I don't have any control over how it's going to happen. But we're going to have crowds at baseball. It's going to happen. Resolved to make <laughs> whatever I can do to help. I will. <laughs> So when that happens, you need to be looking good, and College Corner can get you there. Uh, 2021, we have finally got here. It's time for your business to make that turnaround, and the way it's going to start is with a phone call to Advantage Business Systems. Put them to work for you, upgrading your technology. It's 2021. This is the year we're supposed to have flying cars and space battles and things of that nature. Space battles? Yeah. There are yeah. some There are some, There are some sci-fi movies out there in the year 2021. we got aliens and space cruisers going around. I mean, I'm just saying. Although I always liked that in Star Wars it was a long time ago. So what you're telling me is they were that far advanced in technology that a long time ago that they had hyperspace and all this other stuff. And then, you know. It was, we, it was in a galaxy far, far away. I, I get that, but I'm just saying they were way advanced. I could really have a long discussion about this because you think about like the old Republic was like thousands of years and they still had star cruisers and stuff like that. Yeah, what do you think they're riding around in today? Huh? Uh, in, in that area, they're, they're, they're like... They can just snap a finger and they'd be where they want to be at that point. Teleportation has become a yeah, thing, huh? Absolutely. Not at Advantage Business Systems, though. They're still working on that. But if they can ever get your business to teleport, by God, they will. So call them today at six. I'm sorry, at 844 833 6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Joel T. Woo! I hope you can bring the same kind of flavor, the same kind of juice you had last night when you were all riled up because after Mississippi State's 28-26 win in the Armed Forces Bowl and that Pier 6 altercation, (laughs) 
that that slobber knocker of a brawl of a brouhaha. Business picked up. That's what we need. I need Jim Ross. Say business has just picked up. I need it. I need somebody make that overlap. Uh, but what I need to know from you, Joel, is a very simple question. For the first time in 2021, what's causing all that? Woo! Well, I'll ask you again what I asked you in the first show that nobody heard. Let's just stick with the game. <laughs> yeah, where do I start? Yeah. Uh, what's causing all that? Well, Mississippi State beat Tulsa 28-26 on the backs of what was causing all that in the game. The kids, once again, the freshmen. Guys, I don't know how anybody could not look at what Mississippi State has and what they'll be bringing back next year and what they'll be bringing in with the signing class, um, especially offensively right now, and not have some level of excitement for the team in the future. I mean, you look at what they did against Tulsa. You look at how all four of your touchdowns were scored by true freshmen. You look at how... You know, Tulu Griffin looked like an emerging superstar. Jaden Wally didn't do much in the game itself uh, on on Thursday, but we know what he's done all year. Uh, had four straight four a hundred yard games coming into the game yesterday, and you look at Wally, you look at Griffin. Um, I don't know which receivers will return and which ones won't yet, but you know some of them are coming back. And then you you throw in Teddy Knox and Jacoby Moore and some of these incoming freshmen. Your quarterback is continually continually improving. And, look, even if it's not Will Rogers, you got the highest-rated signee in MSU history and the highest-rated quarterback signee in Mike Leach's history coming in with Sawyer Robertson. Jack Abraham, if you needed to go to him, I mean, you got a guy that started a lot of football games and completed a lot of passes in his career, so you could do a lot worse than that. You're, I guess what I'm saying is you're set at quarterback, you're set at receiver. Uh, you're set at running back with a couple of freshmen, true freshmen. Um, defensively, you know, Emerson's back. He's a, He'll be a junior, but then, then you got – I say he'll be a junior. I guess I, I don't know what they'll do eligibility-wise. I guess technically he could still be a sophomore because this year don't count. And, and saying that, like all these freshmen I'm talking about, they'll be freshmen again. Emmanuel Forbes on the other corner, freshman, already has set the, the – uh, Retouch, you know, pick six record for a season. Got three of them this year. He's tied for the career record already. May end up being the most decorated cornerback in MSU history if this kind of stuff keeps up. I don't know how you can't look around and see freshman, 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 and not think, man, when they have another year under them, they're going to be really good. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens. You know, different sport, but Ben Howland tells us all the time the biggest jump he makes from that first year to the second year. Gosh, imagine if these guys take a leap forward. Yeah. I don't know how you can't look at what we saw in the Armed Forces Bowl and and not think, you know what? This team might be pretty darn good uh, going forward. Are there questions? Yeah. I mean, there, there there's questions on the offensive line. They didn't look great at points again uh, in the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, there's questions in the secondary as far as like depth, and they need to recruit some guys there, no doubt about it, but... There's a lot to be excited about, I think, if you follow Mississippi State and you root for Mississippi State. Now, I don't know how you could see it otherwise. Now, as for the rest of the shenanigans that went down in the Armed Forces Bowl, what's causing all that? Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the Mike Leach card. I don't know who's I don't know where the dumb started, and I have no idea who's to blame. But what I do think is ridiculous and stupid is how there is a lot of coverage on. It does seem like the national attention has kind of pointed at Mississippi State. And, look, I ain't, I darn sure not trying to say that State was without blame in the whole thing, 
but it ain't like Tulsa was toting a bunch of choir boys out there uh, to to brawl and and got beat up by the poor bulldogs either. Um, I mean, did did those folks not watch the the course of the game and um, some of the mess that happened over that? And I just think it's dumb to sit there and point the finger at anybody. Um, specifically wearing maroon and white or even the other direction i mean there's a whole lot of blame to go around for the mess that happened at the end i think state's probably toting a lot of blame because of the most i guess notable scene was malik heath and you know sitting there pulling out the shameless brogue kick on a guy and then running away i mean it, it just the the chicken crap nature of that and so I think that's why a lot of people kind of zeroed in on that and like, look at these bulldogs and a bunch of. So I, I don't, I don't know, I don't I get it. I wasn't expecting a bro kick. <laughs> this Go ahead. Uh, and that was a very that and and then the post game video Malik. Record, look, I I don't personally know Malik Heath. Maybe an outstanding dude face to face, but what he did during the Armed Forces Bowl and afterwards was just dumb. Yeah, stupid. No other way to to say it. And I, I think that may be part of the reason why state's toting a lot of the national blame but make no mistake about it there's a lot a lot of folks to blame and uh i tweeted and kind of got got some heat for it that uh that kind of stuff to that level it just can't happen and, and i i kind of agree with what mike lee said a little bit i mean there's no need to sit there and tear cloth over it it's a bunch it's a football game with a bunch of testosterone fueled guys you know crap's gonna happen from time to time um ain't no need to sit around weeping and gnashing the teeth for the rest of eternity because a brawl broke out in a football game. Um, but that said, that's not something that you, whether you're Tulsa or whether you're Mississippi State, you want to associate with your program. It was a black eye for everybody, figuratively and for some, maybe literally. Well said. Well said. All right. You can start listening again now. That I was listening the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I, did you not see me start laughing when you're going into the bro kick? Come on. Um, I mean, this is this is a program that you know it took it took a while to get the car started, but now that as you can see that you're you're going down the right road, it looks like for sure. Uh, the the amount of young talent is something that that is very. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but assuming the power doesn't go out, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that right now, actually, because we're about to jump into these. The final these are the things that are true. Of the 2020 season here in 2021, uh, no less. You know, I think if you had told me that Mississippi, St- you know, if you told me last January 1st that I would be doing the final uh, things that are true on January 1st of 2021, I would have said, "Well, man, they must have won nine, ten games." Funny how life works. <laughs> but these are the things that are true. They are brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. We want to wish you a happy Moo Year. That that urge for a steak isn't going anywhere. I got to I got to make that happen soon, and so should you. Scratch that itch for grain fed, locally sourced beef—the best beef you can buy with Welcome Home Beef. Whatever kind of cut of steak you're looking for, they've got it there. They've got you taken care of, and of course, it is incredible eating. Whether you want to grill it, fry it, stew it—I don't know if you should bake beef. I'm just saying, but if you, if you do, you got to—I don't know what you're saying. You know, make it happen. It's beef, it's probably good. It'll be better than whatever else you were going to have. I promise you that. So give them a call today and get something delicious in the pot, in the pan, on the grill for this 2021. Start, start yourself off on the right the right hoof, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I like that. You like that? Yeah. Start on the right hoof. Yeah. Huh? And, and though it's uh, 
January 1st will soon be gone. Mm -hmm. All of 2021 can be a moo year for you. Absolutely. So call them today at 662-268-8148 or go visit them online at at welcomehomebeef.com. Make sure 2021 has one thing in common with Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. I got nine things that are true to wrap us up here for 2020. I kind of got a feeling what some of them are. You might, you might, you might have that. I should, I should switch them up just to. Yeah. All right. Uh, number one. All right. Let's just all calm down, shall we? Let's just, let's just take a breath. Now, some of it, you know, people, some people are asking, you know, how long is this going to stay in the news cycle? Well, what time does Alabama kick off? That's when this is going to be out of the news cycle. All right. It'll be off right then in that moment. Um, you know, the morality police obviously are out in full force. It's a fight. Fights have happened through the years in college football. Not the first time. Not the last time it's going to happen. It's going to be okay, everybody. You can stop clenching your fist and shaking them at the sky. You can stop clutching your pearls. Everything's going to be all right. I want to talk about Kirk Herbstreet for a minute. And this is an addition to last night's show. Yeah, I hadn't heard this he part. Had, he, hadn't, he hadn't said this. But you know, he went in today about, you know, this is a black eye for the sport of college football. This is an Ohio State alum. I want to mention, you know, maybe a black eye for the sport of college football is changing rules mid-season so that a certain team can get into the playoff. That could be a black eye, the way you want to look at things. That's just me. Uh, but that said, then of course he goes in on Mike Leach and his post-game comments that, you know, Mike Leach hasn't seen what happened. We all saw what Mike Leach was looking at when the fight was going on. He's taking pictures with the fans. Yeah, he, had, he literally had no clue what was going on. So, you know, the timing of that interview is bad, but what can you do? You know, you're the winning coach. You're, you're required to go do your interview. It's, it's, it's just part of the game. <laughs> you're the winning coach. You make $5 million. You got to talk to the, talk to the ESPN. I yeah. get it. So, and I've seen a lot of people, a lot of you guys on Twitter saying, why isn't Tulsa's coach taking any heat? He said that, you know, his team is going to always stick up for one another. He said some bad things too. Here's why, and I'm going to tell you the, the, the truth of this matter. Uh, prior to Friday, if I gave you a list of five names and put Tulsa's coach in there, could you tell me who Tulsa's coach was? Tulsa's coach is Philip Montgomery. That guy could drive a car into a daycare and kill everybody inside, and it wouldn't be the lead story on SportsCenter. Mike Leach, somebody sneezes and he doesn't say, God bless you. There's ten op-eds on that. Nobody cares who Tulsa's head coach is. Nobody cares what he has to say. It doesn't matter what his name is. It doesn't matter. He's irrelevant. But Mike Leach is a name that drives people insane. People see Mike Leach and they click. They, they tune in. I told you all, this reminds me of a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. The NFL draft with Jeff Simmons. When I said everybody, I was like, look, y'all are going to see Jeff Simmons in that video. You're going to see it. And I got a lot of people, oh, they won't show that. And, of course, not only did they show it, it was the whole segment. The media is driven by clicks, by views. All right, And that doesn't make us bad people because you know, we're just trying to feed our families over here. And your, your, your job is there's a version of it where you're out there for clicks, too. Whatever your clicks are, that's what you're trying to do to make, make your living. So, you know, Mike Leach is a big name in college football. And, you know, not that I'm, I totally agree with him on everything, but politically, he has aligned himself against a lot of what, you know, college football commentators believe. And so if they can take a shot, they will. Whereas Philip Montgomery, the head coach at Tulsa, could probably get caught, you know, 
doing God knows what. And it would be like it would be like on the third page of his own city's newspaper. I mean, if if on the same day, the Tulsa head coach, you know, robbed a bank, but Lincoln Riley signed a five star quarterback. Lincoln Riley's got the headline, back page. Philip Montgomery robbed a bank. So nobody cares about Tulsa's head coach. Nobody cares what he said. It's irrelevant. Mike Leach is always going to be the one that has to bear. And Mike Leach. I guarantee to you, could care less what anybody thinks. If there was ever a man on this earth that could care less of what somebody else thought of him, his name is Mike Leach. So everybody just calm down. It's going to be okay. As soon as the Alabama game kicks off, nobody's going to care about Mississippi State and their fight anymore. You won't see the highlights. It was funny. I, last night I, I, I wanted to see watch the highlights of the game again. and uh, So I YouTubed Mississippi State. The first 15 videos were the, the brawl. Fight. It's like, can I just see what happened in the game? Well, it's always going to be known as, as yeah, the fight game. Try to find 2018 Egg Bowl highlights. You will find 10 fight videos before you find highlights of the game. Yeah. So it's just, This bowl game will forever be remembered for that. Yeah. And, and because fight, of that... When something out of the ordinary happens, this is what it becomes. You know, band runs on the field. Tell me something else about that game. Did you know John Elway played in that game? <laughs> That's his last game as a Stanford Cardinal. But nobody knows that because the man ran out on the field. Yeah, so, you know, it's the same thing, you know. Yeah, kick the blue back. You don't see a kick blowback all the time. What do people remember? They kick the blue back. So yeah, it's the fight game. Who cares? I'll say what I said last night when I did not realize I was transitioning to number two, but now I do kind of realize I'm transitioning yes. to number two, and that is while everything you just said is correct. Yes. It ain't good for nobody. And that's number two. There's no winners in what happened. It's a bad look for Mississippi State. If you're saying that it's not, you're on the other side of the wrong argument. There's the wrong argument. There's the, this is the worst thing that ever happened in the history of world. Those people are wrong. This is no big deal. Those people are wrong, too. All right? There's going to be discipline handed out. I will be surprised if Malik, he- Malik Heath, almost called him Malik Heach. I don't know who that is. I, 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 I combined Mike Leach and Malik into one super person there. <laughs> Um, he would have that person would have a great understanding of the offense and how Ma- to get open. Malik Heach, Malik Heach, uh, but he's going to be suspended at least one game, I would imagine. Who does the suspending there? That's I think one. state will do the suspending, but there will be a there will be a, an email passed along from Greg Sankey and those guys saying, you know, perhaps for the the good of the world. <laughs> you know, we have these checks from the bowl payouts yeah, and, and all that sort of stuff. We're not well, saying it, you're not going to get money. We're just saying that you know it would, it would behoove you. <laughs> I love that word. It would behoove you to maybe tell Malik Heath he's not playing against Louisiana Tech. Be best for business, you might say. Absolutely. And probably a few other guys. I don't know if uh, Emmanuel Forbes or the towel will be suspended. They should, they should definitely suspend the towel. It definitely made contact Man. with someone. The towel of doom. <laughs> Look, look, look like J.J. Dillon out there just trying to get hold of somebody while the horsemen were doing work. I got to say, man, I don't know if it's dumb or brave, but State and Tulsa may have too. I don't know. Had a lot of guys that were not in full gear. that just yeah. had on like their jerseys. A couple of guys found their helmets pretty quick well, when things started I, happening. Well, I was just going to say, some of the guys that didn't have helmets were still out there in the midst of it. DeMonte Russell yeah, comes that, to mind. He was one that I was specifically of thinking of. Well, he hasn't gotten to hit anybody this year. He was ready to he go. He was ready to go, he, uh, But that's another guy who I won't be surprised if he's suspended for the first game. Um, I've seen the video going around of Brandon Cunningham. He's a, that's a that's a legendary video, but I mean again, that's sort of you know he felt like he was inciting things maybe a little bit. 
And I, and, and that's just, look, you're asking, well, what about Tulsa players? I don't cover Tulsa. Again, outside of that linebacker who didn't play, Zevin Collins, I couldn't tell you any of their players, except for Muskrat. How can you not know that guy's name? But I've already forgotten the quarterback's name. Zach. Zach Smith. Zach Smith, yeah. And the only reason I'm really remembering that is there was a Zach Smith that played at Mississippi State. The tailback, no idea. Had a good game. Couldn't tell you his name. It was Taylor, wasn't it? Again, you're asking me a question I just said I don't know. Well, you didn't know the quarterback either, and I brought it up, so, and you did. So I, I, don't, I, I don't remember the tailback's name. I hoping I can name. jog your no. memory. Um, so the, but anyway, we also but, but, thought that's there were going to be some suspensions last year, and there wasn't. But. Well, but my point is, like the reason I'm not talking about Tulsa is I don't know anything about them, yeah. and I don't care. Let Sports Talk Oklahoma handle that. Let, you know, Land Thieves and Oil Strikes podcast <laughs> handle that one. I don't know what they call it up there. <laughs> Naders and Plains. I don't know. Naders <laughs> and Plains. <laughs> yes, that podcast. Tune in today to Naders and Plains to find out what's going on at Tulsa. Because Joel and I don't know. But it's a bad look for Mississippi State. I, part of what Herb Street is saying is correct. It's a bad look. It's a black eye. It looks bad. But it's going to be forgotten in 24 hours. Just like everything else in the world is. You know? So, I mean, just move on. It's very hot takey to kind of act like this is the first time there's ever been I know, college football. But that's what, that's what big-time, mainstream college football media is. It's hot takes. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless and those guys. I mean... I guess I don't know if those shows are airing today. I imagine they aren't, but I imagine that Mondays those shows will bring up this, and it'll get its another quick resuscitation, and then it's over with. Yeah, I mean it'll be a quick segment on a lot of shows, and then yeah, but in, in a week's time, nobody's talking about it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but but yeah, I think a lot of the reason it got so much play mm-hmm. is, and look, I got three kids, so a lot of times stuff can happen. I don't know about it, but to my knowledge, basically nothing else happened yesterday. Yeah. Like, it was by far the most entertaining... Yeah. I don't know if entertaining is the right word. The most noteworthy thing that happened if, if all day. If we had a full New Year's Eve college bowl schedule, and like maybe like another another uh, access bowl had been played, you know, like if Georgia had played Cincinnati last night, especially Cincinnati had found a way to win. Yeah. Nobody's talking about I mean, that. the only other football game was Army-West Virginia, right? Yeah. And there was a little chippiness in that game, too, which killed me. Like, I'm going to go after Army people. <laughs> Who are trained to kill. Those people are trained to kill you. You're going to push them? That's not smart. Anyway. All right. Let's let's move on to the actual game at this point. Uh, number three. How about that Mike Leach ground and pound offense? Ground raid. I, I, I'm going with trench warfare. <laughs> That's what we're going with. It's the Armed Forces Bowl. By the, by the way, it was the Armed Forces Bowl. You didn't expect to fight. It's sponsored by Lockheed Martin. They're lucky there weren't tanks involved. <laughs> you know, we're put a patchy helicopter painted in maroon and white. Firing shrapnel everywhere. It could have been much worse. Um, but that's what this offense... Here's what I believe. I, I believe MSU is going... And they, they did. They have upgraded their wide receiver recruiting a great deal. But year in, year out, in this state, it's easier to find running backs. Yeah. You know, it's just It just is. There's the, the, Last year was an unusual year. I mean, we, I remember we were talking about that when Moorhead was still here, about how you know he had Deion Smith and Brevard and, and Jacoby Moore and Antonio Harmon... And Buck Arthur and Cornelius John. You had all you had six guys basically that you all felt could play at the next level. And that's a rare thing here in, in, in Mississippi. Normally this is a running back and lineman state. Um But that said, you know, I so I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm sort of you know tongue in cheek. I don't think state's gonna become a run first team. 
But running it 20-plus times a game needs to be a staple of what this offense is. You have two really good freshman running backs. You need to be able to give them opportunities, and they, they can't all be in the passing game. I guess my question to you is, what do you think? Do you think that what we saw in the Armed Forces Bowl, because it kind of continued what we saw at Missouri, uh, you know, against Missouri, ton of rushing success. Um, in the bowl game, a ton of rushing success. Are we seeing a little bit of a shift in the Mike Leach philosophy, or was some of what we saw in the bowl game impacted by the fact that the weather sucked? I think a good part of it is the weather. I mean, the term wintry mix, you could see that it was snow, sleet, rain, nastiness. You do have to run the ball a little bit more there. But also, I mean, the passing game was a little ineffective, and the running game was not. I mean, those two guys, I think, averaged a combined like six and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Um, you know, Marks finally showed you some of that speed and elusiveness. I think you've got a little, uh, maybe a little mini thunder and lightning happening there because I think Johnson is the power guy and Marks is the speed guy. I think that can be a really good duo for Mississippi State. But the weather was great against Missouri, and they ran the ball more. Yeah. You know, it, it's. It, it, I feel like it, it's not. An, it's not. Again, it's. It's not that Mississippi State's going to turn into a team that even splits up running pass. It's still going to be two to one at Although best. It was. It was pretty well split up in the ball yesterday. Game. And when it rains, sure. But on a clear, sunny day, Mike Leach is going to throw the ball 40 to 50 times, and he might run it 15 to 20. But he needs to run it 15 to 20. You can't have games where you have Marks and Johnson combining for 10 carries. they got to combine for 15 to 20. And because that's the, that's the best way and the easiest way to get somebody out of dropping eight Yeah, is just to keep running the football and getting five, six yards a carry. Well, that's what Will Rogers um, – good to talk to him uh, – Post game, he, he, Will Rogers was talking about. Yeah, you finally got, got, got him on the horn there. <laughs> uh, Will Will was talking about in post game that whenever he looks up and and you know he sees the whole you know three down linemen, they're probably rushing three, dropping eight. That they're just going to hand the ball off and take the four or five yards every time. I don't know if that's a comment we would have heard five six weeks ago. Yeah, that kind of sounds like. I don't know. That, that kind of sounds like there has been, and, and maybe it's maybe it's Will. Evolving in his mind and his brain uh, over the course of the year too, mm-hmm. but that didn't sound like something we'd heard a few months ago. But we're hearing it now, so perhaps Will Rogers' legs—that was my X factor. Yeah, we had a good day, by the way. Yeah, our X factors right really on. good. Will Rogers' legs. Tulu was the greatest X factor. I had Marks as my offensive playmaker. We both had Errol, who obviously made a lot of plays throughout the game. Yeah, the only dud I guess was I had Wally, had Wally as my offensive playmaker. I, Tulsa did a good job covering him up. He still had four catches, but he didn't have anything going deep. And, and Tulsa, give Tulsa credit. They had a, a good game plan for that. Um, number four, you, you just mentioned him. I need you, Joel Coleman. Man, you got the inside connections there. I need you to get on the horn and tell me why Tulu Griffin wasn't returning kicks all year. I understand why he couldn't have been offensively because he was injured. He had some COVID issues, so he's behind in that. That's fine. I don't have a problem with him not being a big part of the offense. Although I would, I would contend you could create a package for him. You know, just a couple of plays. But returning kicks is getting uh, getting upfield, finding a crease, and going. I got to know why that wasn't happening all year. Because what a difference maker. I mean, State, I love the term hidden yardage. State had a lot of it yesterday because, I mean, they had at least four drives they started, the what, 40-plus. I mean, that's, 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 that's something that State hasn't had in a while. And I'm interested to see if it can continue. I mean, Mississippi State might not win that football game if, from the opening bell, Tulu doesn't put Tolts on their Tulu Griffin and Emmanuel Forbes won the football game for Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, of course, the opening kickoff, Tulu takes it back to, uh, I don't know, 
I can't remember. I think it was like the 38 of Tulsa, somewhere like that. But it wasn't. But a couple plays later, you had had Marks rushing 28 yards for the touchdown, and State led the rest of the day. Rest of the day, Tulsa's on their heels, mainly because of Tulu. Um, and and you're you're right. If he can do that consistently, I, I put this in my notebook that you can find. It's actually a halftime notebook, but it's still some good stuff in there. If you want to go to cowbellcorner.com and find that, as well as all of the post-game coverage. Um, I put in that notebook that Tulu's going to have a couple somewhere in his career, two or three, that he takes to the house. Heck, he about had it in the second half yeah. after I wrote that, uh, had it not been – had he not barely stepped out of bounds. But he is, man. He is completely electric and, and – I mean, he's up there with what we saw yesterday. Maybe it's just small sample size a little bit, so maybe we're just prisoners of the moment. But what we saw yesterday, I mean, he could put his name amongst some of the MSU returning greats with, with performances like that. No question. I mean, and you know, our, our friend Ben Portnoy, obviously not as well versed in the in the Mississippi State history as you and I are going to be, but he tweeted, "I was like, has MSU ever had a guy in the return game mm-hmm. like that?" I'm like, yeah, they had a few. <laughs> My, yeah. my former uh, my former teacher at Mississippi State, Glenn Young. Glenn Young was one. Well, I, I texted him. I was like, "Well, there was Glenn Young, and and then there was you know Kevin Prentice, and, but also in between there is Tony James, who when he left Mississippi State was the all time leader in return yardage in NCAA history. So having a re- good return guy has been sort of an MSU thing, and it's got State hasn't had one in quite a while. I mean, you know, since Bumpus left, basically. Yeah. And that's another one to mention. Yeah, well, um, you know, Dan got to where it was just let's put somebody back there and catch the ball on, on punts. Yeah. Uh, and then the kick return, I, I don't know. There, there's just there hasn't really been anybody that's been explosive. My, my cousin Stephen Agostinelli had it. He said it best. States under Mullen, especially states' kickoff return strategy was catch the ball, and if you come out clean on the other side, God bless you. You know, there there is no strategy for getting there. Yeah, I love. I tell you what, I love the most about those returns, and this is it's, it's very old school. Is Tulu putting his hand on a guy's back and just riding him down the field. Just, you (laughs) clear the way, and then when I can get loose, I will. That's very old school, and I loved it. I loved it. So I'm excited. Tula Griffin is a guy that has me. He and Jaden Wally, that is a duo to contend with. And let's let's just go right into number five. Other than Alabama, who you know you've got five stars at every position, right? What SEC West team would be more excited about their skill position players for 2021 than Mississippi State? you got five true freshmen. That you 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 feel are if you if if the Ben Howland theory is correct, then you are going to take big leaps in twenty twenty one. And and quarterback, you know, if that's the one you're worried the most about, and I don't think it should be, but I mean, even if you are Rodgers, then you've got the highest rated quarterback you've ever signed, pro style coming in, and then you've got Jack Abraham, who, as far as you know, backup quarterbacks go, if you can give me a guy who's Thrown forty touchdowns to twenty interceptions and completed seventy percent of his passes and as a two two and a half year starter at a, at a group of five school, I will take that. I mean that that you can do a lot worse. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. So I mean, Marks and Johnson, you start to see some flashes of what they can give you. Wally's been doing it all you know since the second half of the season. Tulu Griffin, you obviously saw that, and then you're bringing back everybody else, and you're bringing in Teddy Knox and, and Antonio Harm. I think Antonio Harmon is a guy. It became obvious in the second towards the end that they wanted to involve Jaquarius Spivey more. Harmon can be that guy, I think. Bigger target, but I think he's a more reliable receiver. Yeah, good than, hands. Than um, I mean, yeah, you look at what State's bringing back. I don't know how you can't be excited at pretty much every spot. It, you know, the, 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 the thing that in your gut 
you know, makes it kind of bubble a little bit, might give you an ulcer, is what, what's the offensive line going to do? Right. Now, that's that's kind of, right now, as I look at 2021, that's kind of where I've got circled is that bunch has to be more consistent. Because the only thing consistent with State's offensive line this year has been the inconsistency. From week to week, um, it's been a group that sometimes with five guys gets beat by three a lot. And we saw a little bit more of that in the bowl game. It happened a time or two again. And that just can't happen. So can that group take a stride forward next year? We'll see. And if they do, um, I mean, you're going to see this Mike Leach offense, I think, start to really take off. I agree. I agree. If the line is good, you know what you've got on the perimeter in the backfield. So you just got to – got to. You've got to get that line sorted out. And you've got, you know, what? You signed, what, five linemen? Maybe another one coming. You know, there's, there, there was some talk about that. Um, I, I don't know what Scott Lashley's going to do, but I have to feel if he wants to play uh, pro football, he has to play at Mississippi State. He's going to have to give you another year. So you might have him in the mix. And then, you know, the transfer portal is still there. I think it, it, would, it would behoove Mississippi State to it. You know, if there's a good prospect there, to go after them. So could be some a new look to this line, but at the same time, it could just be that these guys with another year worth of repetition get better. So we'll see what happens. Uh, number six, I think one thing you can believe in is that everybody's on the same page in this program. I feel like that since the Georgia game, and I think some of what you saw yesterday, even in the fight, is you've got a team that's moving together. They're, they're, they're together. And not only is that a good thing, for Mississippi State now, but when you bring in new recruits and everybody's on the same page and nobody tolerates any crap, that's how you build a program. Yeah. When when you when your players, when your locker room is policing things, people talk about the 2018 team all the time. You know, and people are like, why why did the culture get so bad in 2019? Morehead was here in 2018 because you had Simmons and Sweat and Abram and Fitzgerald, and those guys weren't going to take any crap. Those guys were those guys were leaders. You didn't have those guys. In 2019, who were the leaders in the 2019 team? I mean, your veteran guys were like Tommy Stevens, who just came in. Just came in, you, you um, know, Kylan Hill, who you know, I, I could only do so much, and I think that the stress of it obviously wore on him. Uh, you know, Brian Cole. I mean, it just wasn't you know Chauncey Rivers. I mean, I guess Errol Ar- was still a leader. Errol, Daryl Williams were probably the biggest leaders on that team, but yeah, you just didn't Darryl's have as good. many. I mean, think, and I didn't even mention guys like Mark McLaurin. Or, you know, was on that, that 2018 team. He was a leader. Uh, Elton Jenkins and Deion Calhoun. I mean, you had a ton of guys. Now you're going to have that again, I think, especially with all these freshmen. I mean, next year when people come in, Will Rogers is going to be a leader. You know, I think Charles Cross will be a leader. Uh, you know, guys like Tyrus Wheat and Jordan Davis will be leaders. So you, you've got those guys next year. So it feels like the program – I mean, midseason it was shaky. It was really shaky. It was like, is this there? Was, the, the the question is this going to work was a real question. Now you can still have your questions about Mike Leach offensively, but if he continues to add talent, if he continues to get recruiting classes as far as the skill positions go, like this, they're going to be good offensively. Your question, you know, your, the the question of is the the program moving in the right direction? Not not the team, not results, the program itself. Yes, I feel like that. the answer to that question is yes. Oh, I do too. And there was a shift midseason, and it happened about the time everybody was wringing their hands and yeah. people were departing the program left and right. And, um, you know, Kylan was opting out, and you had Shavers, you know, off. And 
yeah, you can rattle off the names. And look, some some guys had some really valid reasons to go elsewhere. I mean, Garrett Trader, he's going to go to Syracuse, I think. Probably be a pretty good quarterback. Um, Jalen Maiden, he wasn't going to play here at quarterback either. Those guys want to play. They had to go somewhere else. Uh, this isn't a knock on any of the guys that left. Mm-hmm. Not, not a single one of them. But I think it is perfectly obvious that since a lot of that purge happened, mm-hmm. this team has played better. Um, you, you've kind of been left with the the guys that are completely – I mean, it's so cliche, but you kind of have – since that Georgia game, you're kind of left with the guys that are just completely bought in. And you have seen a complete 180 from what this team was over the course of, like, late October, early November when – Every yard was felt like a grind to get, and it just was week after week of struggle. Yeah, it's just been different, man. And, yeah. and I think it's been a, a very obvious upward trajectory the last month. I agree with you 100%. Uh, number seven, we haven't talked about one freshman yet. Emmanuel Forbes could be a top five pick in two seasons. I mean, right now, I mean. Next year, when I vote for the All SEC team, my top my corners are Daryl Stingley and Emmanuel Forbes. That, that's my first team, guys. I mean, he is good. Three pick sixes in a year. I mean, that that's oh. There are teams that don't have three pick, pick sixes in a year, and he's got three. That's pretty yeah. dang. Well, impressive. I mean, it, he literally has tied the MSU career record. Yeah, as a freshman. As a freshman. Yeah, and he'll probably get one more. He's as good. I mean, I, I didn't see McKinley Jackson play this year, but if you could re-rank him, Emmanuel Forbes is the top. top he, Emmanuel Forbes might be one of the top 10 recruits of the 20, uh, 20 signing class now. I mean, if you can go back in time and look at those guys, For, Forbes is there. An incredible player. Really, really good. And he's a guy that, I mean, when in 2022, he's going to be a guy that is going to be on the top of a lot of teams' draft boards. If you need Because, I mean... Not only is he, his coverage skills are good, he's a playmaker, he's tall. And you don't get that a lot. Most corners, 5'10", 5'11", and he's, he's over six feet. And, and with receivers these days, and he's got length. He's long arms. I mean, he, he, he honestly, he looks like a faster Jonathan Banks. I mean, <laughs> How dangerous is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jonathan Banks, that is literally the only thing he didn't have was that deep speed. Forbes seems to have that a little bit more. So, I, I couldn't be more impressed he is easily the most impressive freshman. And, I mean, that's saying something when you consider everything we've seen. But he is he is a legit player. really. If, if they could redo the all-SEC voting, I think he might have. I mean, Sertain would definitely be there. But, I mean, Singley got there on reputation. He didn't have near as good a year as Emmanuel Forbes did. Uh, number eight, I talked about the Leach and the players moving forward. See on the same page? I think the same is true of the fans. I think everybody should be on board. Right now, you, you, you know they finish the season strong. The recruiting, it's that, that class will end up in the same spot where most Mullen recruiting classes ended up. So that's not an issue. Um, I, I feel like you know all the the the, the issues of the midseason. You, and you said it yourself. There's a lot of hand wringing going on. I think everybody should be on the same page at this point. So you know that's when a that's when a program can move forward. Everybody's got to be on the same page, and it, it goes from the head coach, all the way down to a fan who doesn't even go to the games, just watches on television. But you got to have everybody, you know, to steal from Matt Luke, you got to be pulling the rope the same way. All right? When, when 
you know, if the coaches and the players believe in things, but, you know, the, the fans don't, you know. And Mullen talked about that, too. He said, you know, the way the programs start isn't with, you know, you win and then the fans show up. The fans have got to show up first. I said yesterday uh, on Twitter, Rod Walker tweeted, what's your one wish for 2021 in sports? I said that when Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech play, that we're in front of 62,000 fans. That is good. That game right now, if 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 everything goes the way it should in terms of the vaccine and and the, the virus starting to finally get beaten back, that game should be the most attended game in Mississippi State history. And I don't care if it's at 11 a.m., it should be, because if you're not jonesing to get back in Davis Wade Stadium at that point, I don't know what to tell you. So that's it. And then number nine. This is the most interesting spring in Mississippi State history. It really is. I mean, th- there is so much. I, I to finally to finally get practice. You know, practice when you're prepping for games. It's just different, right? Because you're you're worried about you're worried about the other team. What are they going to do? How are we going to fight that? When you're practicing for the spring, it's just about getting better. So you know, there's that. We're going to see Rogers and Abraham go at it this spring. You know, Ro- Robertson won't be here yet. You know, you're going to see the you know who who steps up with Wally because you know, Tula Griffin as good a game as he had, it's, it's, he can't really say he stepped up yeah. to that role yet. You know, what, does Caleb Ducking bring something? I don't know if Teddy Knox is a, is an early grad or not. I think he is. So you know, what is he going to pr- bring to this offense? Does the offensive line get better? Who replaces Errol Thompson? That's and, and that's he Errol Thompson, Kobe Jones, Marquis Spencer. Who replaces those three guys? You know. I mean, you got you guys. You got a lot of questions, and I'm interested to see the answers. This 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 spring, I expect. You know, I, I'm hopeful that we will be able to. You know, in some capacity, be able to witness some practices, see some scrimmages, things like that. I think there's a lot of interest in that. I think people are. You know, we talk so much about Mike Leach not getting a spring. Now he's going to get one. Now, you know, one way or the other, there's going to be whether we're a part of it or not, Joel. Yeah. There's going to be football practices yeah. this spring. Yeah, so. there is, and there's. It'll be an extremely entertaining. I mean, I'm interested to see. I mentioned it earlier. I mean, how's that offensive line going to shake out? I mean, something as simple as that is going to go a long way towards telling you what kind of success Mississippi State's going to have in 2021. But, um, I mean, I, I really believe, and I know everyone had this issue, but I really believe that everyone on that team could have benefited from having a spring this past year, and they didn't get to have it. And I think some of that's why you saw some of what you saw. Yeah. This year, because you didn't get that chance to just practice and get better at a new scheme with a new coach. When practice started, well, it was time to start getting ready for the the season. Um, so yeah, I think that a spring is going to be very entertaining. I hope that you and I get to to watch it and take a video or two and show it to the masses. I agree. We'll see what happens. All right, last one of 2020, 2020, 2020 even though it is twenty twenty one here, uh, but you know. One thing that I want to stress about in 2021 is that there are a lot of things that are important, but none more important than this. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right, coffee is for closers. Brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start the new year off with Strange Brew. When you get back to Starkville, make that one of your first stops. If you're coming up this weekend from Mississippi State, Kentucky, if you're one of the lucky thousand, 
you should uh, you should definitely make a stop by there. And of course, you know they are a Keystone local business. They are maybe the face of local business here in Starkville, Mississippi. So make sure you're keeping keeping them healthy. Give them your business, and of course, a, a Strange Brew gift card. Never never too late to give a gift. The gift of Strange Brew is a fine one for sure. I mean, I feel like I'm. In the, I, there's only one thing that really stood out to me that's poor, and I'm not. I'm not going into the brawl. I'm not. Gonna, I'm, I'm talking about the game. It's the O line. They did give up four sacks. They they they, they did at times look like the uh, the O line of of midseason. Now I thought Will Rogers didn't help them sometimes. Some pocket awareness issues there for sure. But I mean, I I feel like that's the only thing where I'm just like it was clearly a negative at times for Mississippi State. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I, as as you look around, there's really not much else to pick out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, like I said earlier, man, that, that offensive line all year long has just been up and down, up and down. You don't know week to week kind of what you what you're going to get out of it. But I, I do feel like that the the consistent thing with Mississippi State looking good offensively has been when the offensive line clicks, state clicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's not a breaking news deal. Always said in football, you went up front, you, you usually have success and win the game. Um, but they were not clicking at their best. Yeah, I agree. In the Armed Forces Bowl, and State did enough, thanks to some, <laughs> thanks to the play of some freshmen and and, and some big plays and big moments. But overall, um, the group just didn't look good all day. And so I think it's very fair that for at least a week or so, they don't get the benefit of the. The caffeine of coffee. There you go. Uh, in the SEC, I mean, I think the only two teams have played so far, so it makes it pretty easy, but it's Florida. You know, I understand Florida's down a lot of players. I really do. But the players that they're putting in there are still four-star, five-star players. It's Florida. You know, they're not just pulling Joe Schmo off the street and telling him to cover. All right? And go catch a pass. I mean, they, they look terrible. They look like they, they were completely disinterested. They didn't want to play, um, you know. I, I, I said, I know you're missing a lot of guys, but you know you're replacing them still with talented guys, and it's on the coaching staff to put together a game plan to win. Which leads me to our national thing. It's also Florida, but it's just Dan Mullen. Come on, guy. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you know, scout team got to look good, huh? You know, it wasn't really a game. You know, in 2020 didn't have to play. Didn't have to play. Well, you did play. So if you didn't, if you didn't want to play. Just, 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 you know, just tap out and walk away. The same guy who said, you know, if we want to go thumb wrestle, I'm going to kick your ass. You know, when they're keeping score, I want to win. Um, I mean, it's just sad. It really is a talking out of both sides of your mouth. Well, I mean, and coaches do that, but I mean, yeah. Mullen. I mean, look again. No, never, not, no, don't ever take away from what Dan Mullen did at Mississippi State. But Dan Mullen is not the guy to win national titles. He's just not. You know, and I, if he wins one and proves me wrong, great. But. After the way this year closed for him, yeah. is he on any kind of hot seat at all? Yes. He will go into next year, and if they can't win the win the East, he's going to be in trouble. And I don't think he's going to win the East. I think he's done beating Georgia. You know, now that JT Daniels back next year, Georgia is the clear favorite in that division. You know, he doesn't recruit well enough. And I'm, I tell you, Dan Mullen can build – somebody said this synthesis analogy on, on the text line on Sports Talk Mississippi, and it's perfect. Dan Mullen will build you a great house, but if you want a mansion, you better call somebody else. You better call Urban Meyer because Mullen cannot take that next step. He can't do it. When it's time to go through the door, he free, he freezes up. He doesn't recruit well enough that his talent can just carry him there, and he coaches scared in big games. 
Simple as that. You know, when he's playing a team that's more talented than him, and you see that quarterback draw on third and 16, you know it's over. <laughs> you know you're not winning today. So, yeah, Mullen, no coffee for you. You don't need any coffee. You're a little hyper as it is. So no coffee for Dan Mullen. Normally this is where we, where we would stop a post-game Thunder and Lightning, but this is a monster starting 2021 edition. We've got to talk a little basketball. Uh, two teams from Georgia were undefeated until Mississippi State came to town. Let's start with the ladies who played on Friday night. Uh, if I'm Nikki McCray-Penson, I'd be pretty excited right now because defense had been an issue in non-conference play. They really did a good job of locking down Georgia, I thought. They did. They did a lot of the things that we've heard Nikki mention in press conferences and uh, post-game media sessions the last few weeks after non-conference games. Uh, you, you really saw State step up and, and correct some of those things uh, against Georgia. And Look, this this team, it's really good again. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think there's any other yeah. other way to say it. And, yeah, Madison Hayes getting into double digits last night. Uh, you know, even with Jessica Carter playing with foul trouble most of the time, they, they were able to control the game. Sydney Cooks looks like she's building off that huge performance she had a few weeks ago. You know what you're getting with Rakia Jackson. You know what you're getting with Maya Taylor. You know, they're not going to turn the ball over a ton. It, they're just solid. They're just yeah. a solid and team. Eventually you can add Mathari back into the, to the mix. Not Mathari, yeah. uh... Zaria, excuse me. Zaria Wiggins. Yes. And, of course, the, the, the new player, Godfrey, the mid-year enrollee, who's a big-time player. So I assume she'll have a part to play as well. You just you just got – there's never going to be a time with this team where you look and there's, like, somebody on the court who doesn't fit in. You know, they, they everybody has a role to play. They have, they're sort of the opposite of the men's team we were talking about, although maybe that's sort of changing. But, yeah, there's a lot of role players on this team, but they're stars too. Rikia Jackson is a star. Yeah, you know, you know, Jessica Carter is a star. So you've got those players. There's there's a lot going on. This is a very good uh, women's basketball team. What a rare thing, by the way. This has to. I, I'm sure it's happened, but MSU men and women both play at Georgia and then both play Kentucky at home in the same week. Weird. Now, obviously, it came to be because of some COVID rescheduling. Uh, MSU was supposed to play Vanderbilt on Sunday, but now they're playing Kentucky. But just odd. Yeah. Just odd timing of that. But, I, I, again. It's almost like high school, you know, where the girls play first. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, defensively, to see them play that well on the road in the SEC, that that's encouraging for Mississippi State because offense had not been a problem for the Bulldogs. It had been, you know, stopping teams. So that's a good start to the season. Kentucky will be a big test on, on, on Sunday. The men, that's one of the most surprising results in MSU basketball in quite a while. Um, Georgia now, they were sort of a paper tiger, undefeated, but they had really not beaten anybody. Even their good win over Cincinnati. Cincinnati is not great this year. Um, But State not only won the game, they dominated it. They were ahead double digits basically the entire time. As soon as they got the lead into double digits, I mean, I think Georgia may have cut it to eight a couple of times, but... State just had no problem. And Molinar, State's 5-1 and one with Molinar in the lineup. He's really, really good. DJ Stewart, really good. I know those two finished as the leading scorers, but to me, the the key piece of that game was when Iverson was out after mm-hmm. the first yes. two minutes. Yes. And Davon Smith came in there. In his home and, state. In his home state and and more than made up for Molinar. First time you've really seen him offensively. Scored 13 points yeah. over the course of that first half. Yeah. Uh, and just... Made you not miss Iverson being in there. Uh, I, I thought that was humongous. Obviously not a lot of points, but Adula do. Uh, had a good game for Mississippi State. Controlled the middle. Got some rebounds. Got some block shots. That's his job. 
That's his job. Tolu Smith did not have a great game, but you know you know that he's capable of doing it. So that's a good thing. When one of the guys we've been talking about, you know, you needed that fourth guy, right? Molinar and Stewart were good. Tolu wasn't great, but State still found a way to win because Davon Smith stepped up and became that guy uh, in this game. State shot the three ball well, which has you know not been their their mo this year. So all in all for Mississippi State, that is a fantastic performance. Kentucky is not good. So there's only there, to me there's two ways of looking at this. When you're not good, when you're because you know Kentucky's going to turn around at some point, right? So either Saturday's game is either going to be the point where they turn it around, they start winning again, or it's going to be the low point. So State has a chance to make it the low point. I would wish this game was being played played in front of people because I think there'd be some excitement for it. Yeah. Um, but you know, if they if State wins this game, all of a sudden. You can start talking about them being in the contention. You're two and zero with a road win over Georgia and a home win over Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. And then five of your ne- uh, five of the next six games for State are at home, so you have a chance to get out. I mean, Ole Miss is in that mix. They're not great. Alabama's in that mix uh, of these next few games. They're not great. Texas A&M not great. You got a chance here to get out to a hot start in conference play and sort of put yourself. And one thing we've learned about the committee, and I, f- I know we're way too far ahead to talk about this, but is they take things into account like that guy was out. And so they they will look at State's 0-2 start and say, well, they didn't have Iverson Molinar. If that becomes a talking point at some point, if State is if they have to make a decision between MSU and another team, they say, well, they didn't have Molinar those first two games, that's a positive for Mississippi State. So something something to watch. That, 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 that win caught me completely off guard. I, I, thought they, I thought they would lose a close game, play well, but lose. And instead they just went over there and dominated Georgia. Yeah. So yeah, and now you get Kentucky, and I, I know that the the thing to say right now is Kentucky's not Kentucky, and I guess I'm at one and six they're not. Mm-hmm. But some of those six ain't no ain't no shame in losing some of the games Kentucky's lost to mm-hmm. some of those opponents. So uh, you know you said Georgia's a little bit of a Paker Tiger at seven and zero. Oh. Kentucky's one and six, but some of those six, mm-hmm. a lot well, of they, they lose. They've lost to North Carolina and Kansas, Kansas and, Michigan and Michigan State. State I mean, yeah. yeah, they've lost to good teams, but they also lost to Richmond. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not Kentucky that we're used to. But it's those, a still a Kentucky team. Those that are very still well beat you. This is the, the 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 point of this matter is that Capillary used to be John Cap John Calipari Capillary Capillary. That's what you have in your eyes. Uh, <laughs> John Calipari. He used to be the only guy really on the one and done train. Now Shashevsky's doing it, and he's doing it better. You know, there was a time two three years ago where Zion Williamson goes to Kentucky. No questions asked. One and done, he's going to Kentucky. And Memphis, who's not winning games, but they're taking players from Kentucky. James Wiseman would have gone to Kentucky a couple years ago. So, for me, I mean, Calipari is at the point where he's got to sort of, like, rethink his his recruiting strategy a little bit because he's not getting those top-tier guys anymore. But he's still getting guys that want to go one and done. So what you've got now is a, you've got lesser players. So they're still good. They're still, I mean, top to bottom, the roster is more talented than Mississippi State's, but they're not playing well. And I'll tell you one thing, and somebody brought this up, I think on Six Pack, but when you watch this team, nobody's hanging their head. You know, they feel like they're pl- they're enjoying playing basketball. It feels like mentally this team is in a good place right now. Yeah, well, what I told you back a couple of weeks ago, I think, mm-hmm. even when they were like 3-3 three and three or whatever, yeah. that body language-wise, I liked what I saw out of that team. Because there were times, as I mentioned then, 
when Nick Weatherspoon and company just had some, I thought, terrible body language. Yeah. And I, you know, I, we're, we're sitting up in the rafters now at the hump, so I feel like we don't get as good of, of a vantage point of some of this, but it really does feel like this team, they all like each other yeah. and they all get along and they all like playing basketball. Maybe part of that like, is what we talked about, you know, not having a superstar. Maybe there's no, there's no ego on this team. Maybe. Yeah. And, and so what you get, I think, is is what you get. I think you got a bunch of good good guys that enjoy the game, that are team players. Jalen Johnson's the epitome of that to me. I mean, he's a guy that started seventy something games over the course of his college basketball career, comes here to Starkville, and is immediately a bench player. Yeah. But kept his head up. Yeah. Played well off the bench. Now he's starting. Um, but his demeanor has been the same the whole time, whether he was on the bench or whether. He, there's been no friction. There's been no uh, anything that you look at and kind of circle as as just sour spots or bad attitudes. Yeah. Or it just it just seems like they're a group fun to watch. It's fun to else. watch and yeah. having fun. We'll see how it how it changes uh, this Saturday. Six o'clock tip. Is that right? Five. Five o'clock. Okay, must have been six Eastern was with the the graphic I saw. So five o'clock tip. Mississippi State on the SEC Network, I believe. I think that's right. Uh, for Mississippi State, Kentucky, and then Saturday or Sunday noon tip. Noon. Uh, Mississippi State, Kentucky for women's basketball. All those from the hump. All right, guys. Hope your twenty twenty one is off to a great start, and we are we are going to be glad to be with you the rest of the way. But back with you on Sunday afternoon. We'll see if we get a little victory Sunday. It'll be a, it'll be a little later because we got the women's game at noon and the Saints are at three thirty. Just you know. Gonna, gonna watch that and then we'll, we'll record after that so uh 2021 here we come let's see what it brings us guys have a great one for joel t coleman Woo. i am brian haydad thanks for listening to thunder and lightning on super talk mississippi a super talk mississippi media production